The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Nation. It's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. Uh, we've missed three men's games. Um, we're going to recap all that tonight, but we're going to start this podcast with uh, the women's program because they just beat, it is Sunday the 18th. They just wrapped up a double digit road win against Louisville, um, a double digit ranked win against a really good opponent. Uh, you know, Liz Kitley had never won at Louisville, so this was a big one for her. Um, Liz and Georgia were both phenomenal, they both had double doubles. Uh, but at this point, that's kind of just becoming the norm, which is an insane thing to say out loud. But uh, we wanted to start out with the women because we're riding high off that big win. Uh, Mike, they've now won nine straight games. Um, they've got three more regular season games, including a sold-out game next Sunday against North Carolina for senior night. Um, you can't say enough good things about Liz and Georgia and Kayla um, and obviously you know Matilda Ack and Olivia Samuel, everybody around them. But, man, Coach Brooks, that guy absolutely knows ball. I don't know how he would not be ACC Coach of the Year because um, where we stand, you know, like I said, nine-game win streak, multiple road-ranked wins. Uh, it's just been absolutely incredible what they've been, this little run they've been able to go on here, and I don't really see it slowing down. You mentioned in the group chat today, uh, we have a Suns group chat, you mentioned that, you know, you think that, Tech will crack the top 10 this week in the AP poll after this win against Louisville the way they did in dominant fashion, like a thousand percent agree. But it was interesting, right? Because like after Tech beat Duke last week, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm looking kind of at, you know, the way that Virginia Tech's played. They beat NC State and then Tech just kind of moves up to, I think, what was it, 12th? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay is it possible that this team is flying under the radar despite going to the final four last year? It feels that way a little bit, right? It feels like they're being held down a bit by that Florida state loss earlier in the year, but this team's been really, really good for like a month straight. I mean, it's really been since Georgia Amor uh, got hurt against Duke. They've been really good ever since. Uh, you mentioned the, the string of double doubles. Liz Kitley's worst game was 15 points, 15 rebounds on 7 of 21 shooting against UNC a few weeks ago. Like, that was her worst game. Like, <laughs> your worst game's a 15 and 15 double-double. Yep. It's preposterous what she's doing. I mean, every every night it's like 30 and 15. And, it, you know, when, when you think when you think you've seen it all with her, right, because we're in our, our, our fifth season with Liz Kitley, when you think you've seen it all with her, she just, like, starts putting together something that's, like, even more monumental than what she did the year before. She was one of the best players in the country last year, and she's somehow gotten better. I, I, I don't, I mean, the, the, the string of like 25 to 30 point 
and 15 rebound games that she's put together in the month of February is absurd. Uh, and this team, I, I mean, we knew this going into it. Like, this team is going to go as far as Georgia Amor and Liz Kitley take it, right? And and we know what that ceiling is. It's it's Final Four, national championship, good. If you know the team in front of them decides that they are not going to guard the high pick and roll that they just run repeatedly over and over and over again, like. Essentially, like th- this team is going to go as far as Amor and Kitley take it. And the role players have been important. Um, the emergence of Matilda X, she's starting to really shoot the ball better. Olivia Sumiel's been really good. Uh, Kayla King, a complete performance today, right? She only had nine points, it wasn't nine points, five rebounds, four assists. Just very, everybody is kind of doing their part. And I think what's been most impressive about this nine game win streak is that Virginia tech's defense has come along as well. Like this team is really, really defending at a high level right now. Um, and, and you saw it today. I mean, this game against Louisville was kind of like a culmination. Uh, the game against Duke earlier in the week was a culmination as well. where like the Duke game, especially like tech didn't have their best stuff offensively but it felt like they were in control throughout that game, right? In a game you only win by five, it felt like they were in control. Uh, this game against Louisville, on to go on the road and win by double digits against a top 20 team and, and just kind of roll with your stars, you know, into a road environment and win the way that they did, this team is really starting to fire on all cylinders, and it's a good time of year to do that. And this is kind of the trajectory that Tech was on last year where – they just kind of got stronger after Christmas, right? Got into January and February, and it was a Kenny Brooks masterclass. And that's what we're seeing again this year with a roster that, I mean, of course you have Kitley and Amor, but might not be quite as good as it was a year ago. Um, it's definitely different. And, and you know, Matilda X coming along and Sumiel's coming along, and it's just going really well right now. And I think you got to give Kenny Brooks a lot of credit for the way that he's been able to get the most out of this roster that I think looks a lot different than it did last year. Yeah, it does. I actually was just writing that down. And, um, you know, I've, I was thinking about this earlier today, like this team feels very similar to where it was this time last year. And yeah, you lose Taylor soul and Kiana trailer and Deasia Gregg and to a slightly lesser extent in terms of playing time, um, Taylor Guyman, um, but I think the combination of Wenzel and Strack and Sumiel and Eck, and then you add a little bit of Karis Baker in there as well, is as good, if not better. Um, provides you a little bit of different things. You know, the height aspect of Strack is a huge difference maker and has unlocked a lot of things for this the team. Rebounding. The rebounding. Um, Sumiel's ability to rebound the ball at such a high level and knock down corner threes. Um, and then, you know, Car- Carly Wenzel's a dog. I mean, she she comes in there and just makes really, really good plays, does a good job of limiting her turnovers when she's handling the ball in high-pressure situations. Um, you know, they kind of use her similarly to how Mike Young will use MJ Collins. Uh, you know, Coach Brooks uses Carly Wenzel to get the point guard off the ball a little bit, uh, get Georgia off the ball, get Sean Padula off the ball. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that. But today, Carly Wenzel, 21 minutes, 2 of 5 from the floor, 3 rebounds, an assist, a steal and eight points. Um, that's really good production from, you know, kind of your backup point guard ish, but it, it's such an interesting rotation right now. Cause you've got, you know, Samuel Kitley King, who are all in their fifth year. You got Amor who's a senior, 
and then Matilda Ack, who I guess is a junior. Um, and then you've basically got three freshmen, Karis Baker, um, Clara Strack, and Carly Wenzel are basically all just freshmen. So, right. um, and they're all really impactful. Like Karis Baker's ability to shoot the three, um, she's shooting it, the three at, I had this up, 46% on the year. Yeah. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah. At one point when I looked at that a few weeks ago, if it held for the rest of the year, she would have been, it would have been the best three point percentage season in school history. Um, and it's not an limited amount of time. She's, she's playing and she's shooting. So she's just been fantastic. But you mentioned Liz and I don't want to downplay it. Like coach Brooks talks about it all the time. Just like, don't forget what's going on right in front of you and how good this is. Uh, Doug Bowman from two, four, seven tweeted this out her month of February. Uh, 33 and 18 against Virginia, 15 and 15 against UNC, 25 and 13 against NC State, who at the time was the number three team in the country, 24 and 15 against Boston College, 34 and 12 against Duke, and 23 and 12. Actually, no, this was, he tweeted this out during the game. So 23 and 12 at one point, she finished with 26 and 13 today. So those numbers in February are absolutely out of control. Um, it won't happen. It should happen. Um, but they should retire her number at senior night. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely just ridiculous. And her number should be retired as soon as humanly possible. They'll probably wait till next year. Um, but it's just absolutely incredible what she's been able to done. She's put herself in a conversation for best athlete in school history. I mean, she's yeah, right up yeah. there with any name you could pull out of the hat. She's got a case to be better than in terms of her career, at Virginia Tech and school history. It's just absolutely incredible what she does night in and night out. And people kind of just forget about it. It's it's crazy. I tweeted this after a Duke game. Uh, for, I guess it was Friday morning. Like, Kitley's a top five athlete in the history of the school, and she's a lot closer to one than she is to five, right? Like, I, I mean, there have been a lot of really good athletes that came through Virginia Tech and you know, Vic, you know, I, I don't want to dive in this whole argument right now. Yeah. What, but like what Michael Vic did to just like put the school on the map with like admissions and just kind of like casting a wide net. It was football. He just kind of changed the trajectory of the program for Beamer. Um, what he did kind of, in my opinion, kind of stands alone, but Kitley's a lot closer to Vic than she is. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, Cornell Brown, I, I name that athlete. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just really impressive what she's done. I mean, I, I the the argument to be made to retire her number immediately is like not 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 one that should be disputed by anybody, right? No. Like, she's going to go down as a multiple time All American. She took Virginia Tech to one Final Four. There's potential that she could do it again. With the way Virginia Tech's playing, they're playing like a top five team in the country right now. Is it possible that they're flying under the radar? I think the answer is yes, right? I think people looked at what Virginia Tech lost last year and thought, okay, is there any possible way they're going to do that again? And, you know, you lose a couple big-time games early in the year, right? You know, you lose that game against LSU, uh, lose to Iowa. It's like, okay, like, is this team not going to be a top, you know, four team in the country, top five team in the country this year. You know, they, they just failed their two early season tests in non-con on neutral sites. So it's like, okay, is this not going to be the type of team that it was last year? And then you, like, look up and you remember, like, this team's got an entire season to improve. 
and you just see what they've done in a loaded ACC. They beat NC State not once but twice. They've beaten Carolina once. They're hosting game day, by the way, next Sunday. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Like they're, they're hosting game day for a senior day against North Carolina, have a chance to beat them again. They split they split two games with Duke. Played one of their worst games of the season against Duke, and then you take, kind of take a step back and understand why that game got away from them. It's because Georgia Amor got hurt, right? This is a really, really good basketball team. Louisville's no slouch, right? Virginia goes in there today and beats it by 16. Like, Louisville's a good team. Yeah, Louisville was favored by a point and a half, I think. Yeah, they were, I mean, top 18 coming in the day. Back to the Liz thing, though. She's averaging 22 and 11 on 55% from the floor. So, um, so every time she does one of those one-legged fadeaways, it's got a, a greater than one in two chance of going in. It's just ridiculous. And then Georgia, right alongside her, is averaging almost 18 and 7 on 40% from the floor. Um, just, you know, two of the best players in the country um, on one of the best teams in the country. And it's exciting stuff, man. Like Coach Brooks really just can't say enough about how awesome he is. And, you know, he should he should collect every accolade there is. Um, and he's got this program humming at a crazy high level, man. Like it, it doesn't slow down when Liz leaves. I'm telling you right now, like, you know, this, this class moves out and then you've got Claire Strack and Karis Baker and Carly Wenzel and a, and a top 10 recruiting class. And, you know, it just, it doesn't slow down. Coach Brooks has this thing humming. Um, but to your game day point. So this is from David Cunningham over at TSL, uh, game day coming to Blacksburg. Blacksburg is the show's seventh ever site. So this doesn't happen on the women's side very often. This is not a weekly occurrence for ESPN to do a game day on the women's side of things. Tech joins LSU and Tennessee as the only schools to host college game day for football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Virginia Tech, LSU, Tennessee. And the last note here is that the Hokies are the first ACC school to host the show on the women's side. So, um, now, pretty rare air that you know ESPN is doing this and coming to coming to Virginia Tech uh, for that senior day game against Carolina. Um, and again, just a testament to what Coach Brooks has built and what these girls have built because it's an incredible program and uh, it's getting the national attention that it deserves. So incredibly exciting. They now have uh, basically what is like the considered a bye week. Um, they don't play again until until that game. So they don't play again until Carolina. Uh, I'll be there. I'm fired up. Uh, I was really lucky to get tickets early in the year because now they're like 200 plus dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But two o'clock against Carolina next Sunday is the next time the girls will lace them up. And then they finish. Um, I guess that's a Thursday game. Yeah. Right after Carolina, they go on the road to Notre Dame, who is currently number 16. They're going to slide a little bit in the polls because they got, they got smacked around at home by NC state who Virginia Tech has beat twice. Um, so we go to Notre Dame and then finish at UVA before the ACC tournament, which right now Virginia Tech is in first place in the conference and would be the one seed if things ended today. Um, the, the Notre Dame game will be interesting just because it's kind of the two uh, presumed ACC player of the year candidates and Liz Kitley and Hannah Hildago. So uh, we'll see how things go in that one. Um, I'm excited to watch Hannah Hildago play. She's yeah, pretty she's, incredible. She's sick. Yeah. She, she's averaging first. Mind you, she's a freshman. Averaging right, right, 24, yeah. 6, and 5 on 47% shooting. And I think she's averaging, yeah, 5.4 steals per game. 
Yeah. That's just out of control. She had uh, that highlight. She had that highlight play in Notre Dame's opener like yeah. three months ago where she like drove down the floor, went behind the back and had like a ridiculous layup. I was like, this is this is not normal for a freshman. No. Twenty four, six, five, and five steals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of speaking control. of speaking of getting that program back coming, like Neil Ivy's got that got that thing rolling it's well and olivia miles i don't think has played all year i mean she was one of the best point guards in the country last year before going yeah. down with injury so yeah uh, yeah that's that's a that's a really really good program as well um but yeah that's kind of our women's side of things um it's just absolutely amazing what they've been able to accomplish and Once uh, i'm looking play. forward to watching this thing close out and um you know last game last regular season home game you know if things ended today they'd be hosting uh ncaa tournament games which i went to last year and was a really really cool experience um it was a bit weird that it was like not a virginia tech home i mean we were the home team but um couldn't treat it as a home game couldn't do all the normal castle stuff which was kind of a weird experience but virginia tech fans were able to fill in and take care of that kind of thing on our own so it was a really fun environment and i assume it will be so again this year uh if things shake out the way that they're looking Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. So, the men's team. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, last time we recorded, we basically said that the men's team had a path to success. That path was to basically not lose any games that you shouldn't, right? You know, any of those Q3, Q4 games that Virginia Tech had done a really good job of not messing up. Um, you know, we had didn't really have a terrible loss and – um, you know, that was allowing us to have a path to success. Well, we went right up to Notre Dame and just spit that away. Lost to a, a, a not so great Notre Dame team on the defense road. Was, defense was so bad. 74 66. It was just a crushing loss. I mean, like, yeah, uh, but not, no words other than that. It was as upset as I've been after a game. I mean, I was just down. I was so bummed. Um, Sean Padula had 14, but they all kind of came late. Yeah, he didn't really turn it on until the game was kind of put away. Um, could not guard Marcus Burton. He was just simply way too quick. Um, he was kind of getting where he needed to whenever he wanted. Um, and I saw a stat heading into that game um, that ACC schools, I think at the time, were 1-10 in 10 coming off of their bye, coming off their off date. Um, and we went right ahead and made that 1-11. So yeah. The, yeah. the off date hasn't been kind of teams this year. It wasn't kind of Virginia Tech. And like I said, that was as disappointing a loss as I've seen um, in quite some time, I was I was I was down pretty bad the rest of the day after that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, your text to me was, "Well, that sucked," and I really just had nothing else to say other than, "Yeah, it did." <laughs> like, I I you know, we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and I know that the folks who listen to us pretty consistently are going to kind of understand where Ed and I both stand here, but like we're not really breaking any new ground. Um, but just like in, in no uncertain terms, this is kind of how this season is shaken out. We came into the year knowing that Sean Padula wasn't going to be able to handle the offensive load once again, like he did last year. Sean Padula has gotten better. 
right? He's, oh, yeah. he's gotten better, um, gotten stronger. His offensive game has been better. And he's, we knew coming into the year, his usage couldn't possibly be what it was, um, what it was last year. And yet here we are. That's exactly what happened. Um, same usage. And the front court presence offensively is lacking, right? That's what's going on here. You, you think of kind of what Virginia Tech's had offensively since Mike Young got here. You had multiple years of Kebe Aluma. You had Justin Mutz. You had Grant Basile a year ago offensively. That really helped. You don't have that this year, right? We're, we're, I think Virginia Tech's relying on too much of Tyler Nickel, right? You're asking Tyler Nickel to, you know, score the basketball at a clip that I think is unfair considering the fact that he really didn't play much last year. No. Um, he played for three, you know, three games maybe. Uh, his best game was against the Hokies, ironically. He didn't play much college basketball last year. Um, and now we're in a in a position where we're relying on him to kind of pick up the third scoring role, which I think is unfair. Um, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's Padula and Couture – and then you're kind of searching for that third offensive guy every night. And in a lot of cases, it has to be Tyler Nickel. And it's a tough spot to be in when you're kind of expected to produce at a top level uh, against some of the better teams in the conference. And Tech's roster isn't built in a way that, you know, it can't. It's like a lot of 50-50 games that this team's playing right now because they're playing kind of one hand tied behind their back offensively. Mm-hmm. Your, your, best, your best player is Padula offensively and he's the only guy who can really reliably create his own shot. And then the other guy who is Mr. Reliable, spot-up shooter, great defender, is Hunter Couture. But he's not a guy who's going to create off the bounce very often, right? Not in a way that Padula can, certainly. So you're just kind of handcuffed, especially when you don't have the front-court offensive presence. So I think that's – when you have to play offense that way and there's really only one way to beat teams, it makes things really tough. And I think that's what Tech's run into this year. Yeah, I mean, we've we, I've said it a few times. Like, when when Virginia Tech has a third scorer, we win games. Um, I guess I should I should caveat that with a third scorer on the perimeter because the center spot has been reliably consistent. Some nights it's kids, some nights it's Poteet, some nights it's a combination of the two. Um, but the five spot has been pretty consistent in terms of the production you're going to get out of it. But the the wing scoring hasn't been and. On, on nights when Collins or Kid, or sorry, Collins or Nickel produce offensively, Virginia Tech wins games or is right there in games. You know, um, people will look at the Carolina loss, which we'll get to in a second, as as a bad loss. You lost by 15. Well, we were supposed to lose by 10. They're the number seven team in the country. Um, their roster probably costs four times what ours does. And, you know, we lost by five more than we were supposed to. We were then nine with like three minutes to go. Like, I thought Virginia Tech played a pretty good game there. Again, we'll get to it in a second. It was 79-72 with six minutes left. Yeah, but like um, Collins and Nickel both played really well. And as a result, we were right in that game. Um, so when, when one of the two of them plays well or produces well from that three spot, three, four, I guess, Nickel plays a little four, um, Virginia Tech does really well. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on down the stretch is just the the growth of those two, because I think those two are going to be really impactful next year and hopefully beyond um, going into their true junior season. I mean, people forget these guys are both sophomores. Um, You know, MJ Collins was a three-star coming out of high school, Tyler Nickel a four-star, but Tyler Nickel didn't play much at all his freshman year, whereas MJ played a lot out of necessity. Um, 
but you know, I, I'm going to keep an eye on those two as, and see how they progress. Cause I think they've progressed pretty well. They've both gotten better as the season's gone on. They've both gotten more confident in putting the ball on the floor and going to get a shot as the season's gone on. Um, I just want to see more of that growth continue because, you know, you lose Hunter Couture next year. Unfortunately, he can't come back. I wish he could, but he can't. So it's, you know, Sean Padula and then who? So you got to find that. And the answer, I think, could lie within internally right now and those two guys who are playing big minutes for you right now. Um, so I'm just going to keep an eye on that as the season goes on. I want to see Tyler Nichols shooting 10 times a game, minimum. Um, absolutely minimum 10 times a game. Because if you look back at his last last four games, he shot the ball eight times, five times, nine times, and eight times. That resulted in 10, 9, 15, and 14. So he's not even shooting a whole lot of volume, and he's scoring almost in double digits in all four games. Um, I, I just want to see his volume get a little bit higher because the kid can score at all three levels. I mean, that dunk against Florida State was awesome. The mid-range pull-up has been something we've seen flashes of all year, and then the, obviously the three-point shooting is electric. Um, he's as good a three-point shooter probably as Hunter Couture is even. So I want to see him shoot the ball more. And then with MJ, um, a little bit more of that too. Like, I don't need to see him shoot as many threes. But go to the rack, get fouled, go try to dunk on somebody. What do you have to lose at this point? I mean, you're freak out on somebody's head. Like, yeah. yeah, the aggression out of the two of them is something that I want to continue to see more of because I think they're two players that are going to be really good contributors for Virginia Tech um, down the stretch here this year and then definitely going into next year uh, as their true junior year. Um, I wrote this down. I was going to get to it later, but we're talking about it now. So, you know, when you when, you, when I think about like recruiting and um, – yeah, Mike, I'm curious your take. I haven't actually talked to you about this one. I've talked to other people about it. But when I look at recruiting and I see guys like um, Brandon Recksteiner or Jaden Young or MJ Collins or, um, you know, those are three good examples. We'll just go with that. You know, those are high three-star recruits, um, you know, right on the edge, almost four-star guys, like really good basketball players who didn't get the fourth star for whatever reason. I don't really – anticipate those guys playing at a high level their freshman year i don't really expect them to be playing at a super high level their sophomore year these are you know those high three mid three star guys are program builder types those are guys you have in your locker room for three to four years um, who are going to peak at the same time they probably did in their high school career late a little bit later Mm -hmm. they're going to progress later but by the time they do hit their stride they're going to be really really productive players for you these are all guys who, you know, Coach Young got on early and then got them as a result because of his eye for scouting. Um, he saw whatever he saw in MJ Collins before MJ Collins became the, you know, 89 rated guy or, or 80, 89, what's the number? 89 average yeah. on, on 24-7. And 89 is a high three-star. Um, Coach Young was on him before he got rated that high. I can tell you that right now. So, you know, when you – when you scout these guys, you're scouting them for who they're going to be, you know, as juniors, not who they're going to be as freshmen. Now, in MJ's case, he had to play early and often. Um, I, I personally think I've seen strides in MJ's game from freshman year to sophomore year, and I expect a bigger jump from sophomore year to junior year. I mean, think about the jump Georgia Amore made from her sophomore year to her junior year last year. Yeah. Um, that's when you hit your stride is when you become an adult, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> these guys – are coming in as 18, 19 year old kids and they're playing against Armando Baycott who's been in college for 17 years. Right. So, you know, these guys are going to hit their stride. And I, I, I think it's, 
I think it's a foolish, uh, fool, fool's errand to write some of these kids off a little bit too early because I think they're going to be really good basketball players. I agree. Uh, the, the one thing I just want to add is I, it's, it's silly to write off the young guys who haven't played a ton. I think that there's credence, right, to the complaint of the playing time that they're getting or not getting, especially now down the stretch where Virginia yeah. Tech's in the spot where they really got to develop for next year. Yeah. Um, I, I think those guys got to play more just to see what you got, right? Um, and I don't mean, like, see what you got, like, you got to replace them on the roster or anything like that. I just mean, like, see what you got in terms of, like, you got to just get them on the floor and get them comfortable. And so when they enter the fray next year and the lights come on, they're not just sitting there starstruck, you know? Yeah. Um, you you got to get them out there playing a little bit here. I think tech, like because of kind of where they're at from a program standpoint towards recruiting and stuff like that, Mike Young's problem has never been recruiting the guys. It's been keeping the high level guys in Blacksburg. Like we know that that's, that's the issue. It's not the, it's not the development of players. Like he developed Couture, he developed Aluma. We saw what Basili turned into last year. Um, you know, obviously what he's done with Padula. He's a developmental coach, and he's done a really good job doing that in Blacksburg. I think the next iteration of the program, and for Tech to take the next step, it's keeping the high-level recruits in the boat, which is easier said than done from an NIL standpoint. But then also bringing on the young guys and continuing to be the developmental coach that he is. And that's what Virginia Tech is. It's a program. That's kind of what they need to be moving forward is just – you know, be, being able to have more than one way to beat an opposing team offensively, not running everything through one guy. I mean, Sean Padula is a very good high-level point guard. You're asking him to play at an All-American level because of how the offense is structured. Like, that's the bottom line. And for as good as Padula is, like, he's not an All-American, right? He's not, like, a top 10 player in the country. But you're asking him to be because of the way the offense is. I mean, you, you got to structure it differently. So a lot of that comes with player development, like you mentioned. A lot of the young guys who haven't played a ton yet, I'd like to see those guys get some more playing time down the stretch. Yeah, and I think this – I mean, I don't want to read into it and put words in anybody's mouth, but I, I think we're seeing that already. Um, since the Notre Dame loss, which in a lot of ways kind of put um, – made life really difficult for them to potentially make the tournament – um, you've seen an uptick in Tyler Nichols minutes. You've seen a significant uptick in Jaden Young minutes. He went from playing, you know, seven, two, two, two to 12 and 12, the last two games since the Notre Dame game. So Jaden Young, you're seeing an uptick in minutes from him. Um, a guy who I'm really high on, by the way, I think he's gonna be a really good player. Yeah. Uh, I think he does a lot of the things that Mike Young looks for. And I think he does them at a really high level and, um, is a sneaky good athlete as well. So I'm excited to see Jaden Young continue to play, but, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's been a tough that Notre Dame loss was tough. We haven't even talked about FSU. I guess we'll kick it over to FSU, and we'll see what other topics we uncover along the way. But yep. uh, Florida State, I mean, Florida State was as good of a game as this team's played all year. Um, Florida State came in. They're aggressive. They're athletic. They're, uh, <laughs> they're I said to somebody uh, in a group chat, I said, you know, Mike Young just beat a team full of the type of roster that everybody says we can't play against, you know super athletic four-star recruits and we beat them pretty handily um well i mean it, it got close there for a minute but we won that game we were pretty much winning that game throughout 
Um, so there's more than one ways to win a basketball game is my point there. But uh, 83-75 win over Florida State. Um, played them really well down in Tallahassee, too. Had a chance to win that game. Would have been a big one early in the year. Uh, so we split with Leonard Hamilton's crew. Uh, Virginia Tech out-rebounded the super athletic full-of-four-star roster. Uh, 35-23. I think that was the difference maker in the game. Um, you know, Virginia Tech struggled rebounding the ball at times this year, and they were able to out-rebound a really, really good rebounding team. Um, yeah. Padula had 19, Couture had 20, and then, oh, we won the game. Tyler Nickel had 15. So you got 15 from your third wing scorer there. Um, only four, only 11 turnovers against that full-court press, high-intensity FSU team. They had 16 turnovers. So as complete a game as this team's played all year, um, and it came at a time they really needed it. So I was I was excited for the for the guys on that one. That was a huge win uh, to kind of right the ship after a after a crushing loss. Yeah, yeah. I played much better offensively. Um, defensively, pretty solid. Like you mentioned, forcing sixteen turnovers, low turnover game of the offensive end. And again, you know, you mentioned the the wing scoring thing. Like I think that's something you and I should start monitoring a little bit more down the stretch of the season. Is like what this team looks like wins and losses what the distribution looks like when that wing scorer whether it be uh, mj collins or tyler nickel like when they produce at the level that we think they can right nice bourbon glass by the way i have that one thank you hold a canner set um yeah i i mean when they produce at that kind of level um what kind of volume does tyler nickel get down the stretch those are things I want to watch out for. Cause like you mentioned against Florida state, like when nickel is getting his shots up, that's, that's when this team is set up for offensive success. When the other guys play like they're supposed to. And um, it's going to be really important to the development of the offense next year for nickel to be kind of a more reliable guy. Cause I think what you're hoping is that he steps in and becomes like a better all around scorer than Hunter Couture, right? He kind of slides into the Couture role and I'm not sure this is, I mean, Couture's an outstanding player, right? Oh, yeah. They're different players, though. Yeah, I got but it. You're different, different player, right? It's a different style, and you're hoping that he comes in. He's kind of like a better all-around player offensively next year when you really need him to be when Couture's no longer on the roster. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so that was a good win. Uh, and then we played Carolina. I transparently didn't get to watch a whole lot of this game. I was helping my brother move. So uh, from what I did see, though, in the, in the bits I was able to watch in the car – um, check up one throughout. Um, it seemed like Tech played a pretty good game against a really good team. And, you know, that happens on the road against, you know, Carolina, one of the best teams in the country who has national title aspirations this year. Um, but it seemed like overall Virginia Tech played pretty well. Six guys in double figures, um, you know, lost on the glass against Armando Baycott. You kind of anticipate that. Baran had four fouls. Kid had four fouls. Poteet had three. Again, kind of anticipate that against Baycott. Um, Wessler got a good chance to play his first real minutes in an ACC game. Um, from what I gather, that didn't go well. But again, on the road against Carolina and Armando Baycott, and you're getting your first minutes. So that's a tough yeah. place to get thrown into the fire. Interested to see how his minutes are distributed throughout the rest of the season uh, and if he gets to play much more. Um, I hope he does because, uh, you know, seven-footer who can shoot the three is something that's very intriguing. Um, yeah. Overall, you know, 29% from three that you're not you're not going to be able to beat a team of Carolina's caliber on the road shooting poorly. So um, bummer. That was a good chance to maybe sneak back in the conversation. Um, but, you know, Carolina's really good. So uh, the Makai Long thing is another thing I wanted to touch on. He hasn't played in a month. Uh, I guess it's still the knee injury. I know he dressed in one game. I can't remember which one in that time span, but never played. When did Tech have the week off? 
It was right after they had a week off. He dressed. Um, so Notre he dressed Dame. at Notre Dame. He, he dressed, dressed at Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> he yeah. At Notre Dame, so he dressed at Notre Dame and didn't play, and he hasn't played now in a month. Or it'll be a day shy of a month when we play Virginia tomorrow. Yeah. Um, not really sure what's going on there. It's been, you know, he he wasn't gonna. He was never a big scorer for us, but you know, it was a it was a really athletic body who played good defense and rebounded. We could have used him in a lot of these games. So curious to see if he's done for the year or what the knee injury situation is. Um, would love for him to play against Virginia because I think he he's definitely impactful against their kind of basketball. So keeping an eye on that. Um, we got Virginia tomorrow. Uh, I will. I guess most people will probably listen to this the day of the game. Uh, I'm gonna be there. I'm really excited. Mike Young and Tony Bennett love to split one and one against each other, so really hoping for that. Uh, get a big win from Mike Young and the boys, but um, I don't know. I think we're like three point favorites right now. Actually, um, we lost by eight in Charlottesville uh, in a game I thought we played pretty well, uh, and I think we're a better team now than we were then. But so are they. Um, they've improved obviously tremendously. It's going to be a, yeah, a, a chance to beat a ranked team in Castle. They were twenty one today. Who knows what they'll be tomorrow uh, when the new poll comes out? But Get a good shot to knock off an in-state rival and a ranked one at that. Um, worse, Virginia Tech is 60th in the net right now. Virginia is 40th. Um, they have a you know borderline first-round draft pick type guy that they haven't had in quite some time in Ryan Dunn. Uh, I don't know that Bennett's had a guy of that NBA level since they won the title. Uh, with Jerome, Hunter, so. all them. Yeah. yeah, so you know, they got Ryan Dunn. He's obviously a really good player. Uh, Reese Beekman is probably their best player, but Dunn is the best pro prospect. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game. I'm sure it's going to be a fun environment, and I'm excited to be there. Uh, you got any thoughts on Virginia? You have a chance to beat a ranked opponent in Castle, so yeah. I don't care what stage of the season you're at. you got to be excited for it. you got to get up for that game. So. Yeah, I think they will. Um, yeah, Like I said, I thought we played really well against Florida State in a win. I thought we played pretty well from what I saw against Carolina in a loss. Um, so... Hopefully we can continue that. Obviously, quick turnaround Saturday to Monday. We've had that twice now, both times against good teams in Duke and Virginia. That's kind of a bummer how that's worked that's out. But um, actually, yeah, it's right in front of my face. Virginia Tech minus two and a half is the is the number right now. So, um, you know, cautious optimism. But mm-hmm. um, we got to let you go because I know your your kid just woke up. It's nine o'clock at night. And you got to go put him back to bed. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All in all, the women are crushing it. Keep watching them. That's going to be an amazing environment next Sunday with game day in town. Um, big one for the men against Virginia. And then they've got Virginia followed by at Pitt, right? Or am mm-hmm. I missing it? Yeah, at Pitt. Two big ones uh, in a row here. Two, two away games. At Pitt, at Syracuse, Wake at home, at Louisville, and Notre Dame to wrap it up. And then ACC form at time. So uh, we'll, we'll probably record again after Pitt. Um, but until then, go Hokies. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know what you're thinking